December for the Dixie Book of Days. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Dixie Book of Days by Page Andrews. December. Icicles at the South. The rain on the trees has ceased to freeze. It was molded with quaint device. The bent boughs lean like scimitars keen in scabbards of shining ice. Neath frozen cloaks the pines and oaks are stooping like druids old, and the cedars stand, an arctic band, held in the clutch of cold. Through the outer gloom the japonicas bloom, with the lustre of rubies bright, like blossoms blown from a tropic zone, a marvellous land of light. William Hamilton Hayne December 1st. The First Snowfall the fir-tree felt it with a thrill and murmur of content. The last dead leaf its cable slipped, and from its moorings went. The selfsame silent messenger, to one that shibboleth of life imparting, and to one the countersign of death. John B. Tabb December 2nd The avengers whose lives he had attempted, whose wives and children he had devoted to the hideous brutality of insurgent Africans, spared him all indignities, even moral torture. Percy Gregg, England John Brown Hanged, 1859 December 3rd The Black and Tan Convention met December 3rd, 1867, in our venerable and historic capital, to frame a new constitution for the Old Dominion. In this body were members from New York, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Maine, Vermont, Connecticut, Maryland, District of Columbia, Ireland, Scotland, Nova Scotia, Canada, England. Scalawags or turncoats by Southerners most hated of all, twenty-four Negroes, and in the total of one hundred five, thirty-five white Virginians, from counties of excess white population, who might be considered representative of the state's culture and intelligence. Myrta Lockett Avery James Rumsey, 1787, makes successful trial trip of the steamboat designed after the model of 1784, then witnessed by George Washington and others. December 4th A Bit of Reconstruction Oratory Mr. President, de real platform, sir, I'll swear to high heaven, yes, I'll swear higher than dat. I'll go down, and de earth shall crumble into dust before they shall amalgamize my rights. Bout this question o' carpet-bags. If you carpet-baggers does go back on us, woes be unto you. You better take your carpet-bags and quit, and de quicker you get up and get de better. I do not abdicate de superstition to these strange friends, lately so-called citizens of Virginia. If de don't give me my rights, I'll suffer dis country to be like Sarah. I'll suffer desterlation first. I's here to qualify my constituents. I'll sing to Rome and to England and to de uttermost parts of de earth. You must address yourself to the chair," said that functionary, ready to faint. All right, sir. I'll not sire to maintain de house any longer. Honorable Louis Lindsay. From stenographic report december fifth religion is as necessary to reason as reason is to religion 
The one cannot exist without the other. A reasoning being would lose his reason in attempting to account for the great phenomena of nature, had he not a supreme being to refer to. And well has it been said, that if there had been no God, mankind would have been obliged to imagine one. George Washington December 6th Clemency of Jefferson Davis Honorable Jefferson Davis, my father, Harrison Self, is sentenced to hang at four o'clock this evening, on a charge of bridge-burning. As he remains my earthly all, and all my hopes of happiness centre on him, I implore you to pardon him. Elizabeth Self Telegram which secured pardon for her father. Jefferson Davis dies 1889. The county of Kentucky formed from Virginia, 1776. Duncan Nathaniel Ingram, hero of the Kotsta Rescue, born 1802. December 7th. For years after the war the Republican politicians in the South told the Negroes that if the Democrats were elected they would be put back into slavery. Consequently, after the first election of Cleveland, many of them began to make their arrangements to readapt themselves to the old regime. One old Virginia auntie living in Howard County, Maryland, announced that she was ready to return to Richmond, but declared most positively, "'Deed my old missus has got to send me my railroad ticket first. December 8th. Our one sweet singer breaks no more the silence sad and long. The land is hushed from shore to shore, it brooks no feebler song. Carl McKinley Henry Timrod, born 1829 Joel Chandler Harris, born 1848 December 9th Joel Chandler Harris It would be difficult to estimate the good done by a man like Harris, who brings a sense of relaxation and a thrill of pleasure to countless readers round the world. Such a man becomes a public benefactor. Today men are better citizens, life's tasks are easier, the roads are lighter, and heaven is nearer to earth because of the cheerful, hopeful, mirthful stories of Uncle Remus. Henry Stiles Bradley Lord Dunmore defeated by Colonel Woodford at Battle of Great Bridge, Virginia, 1775. December 10th Mount Vernon, 31st January, 1786. Sir, if you have no cause to change your opinion respecting your mechanical boat, and reasons unknown to me do not exist to delay the exhibition of it, I would advise you to give it to the public as soon as it can be prepared conveniently. Should a mechanical genius hit upon your plan, or something similar to it, I need not add that it would place you in an awkward situation, and perhaps disconcert all your prospects concerning this useful discovery. George Washington. Letter to James Rumsey. Mississippi admitted to the Union, 1817. December 11th. Mr. Rumsey's steamboat, with more than half her loading, which was upwards of three ton, and a number of people on board, made a progress of four miles in one hour against the current of Potomac River, by the force of steam, without any external application whatsoever. Virginian Gazette and Winchester Advertiser, January 11, 1788 
Second trip of Rumsey's steamboat at Shepherdstown, Virginia, in boat designed after model of 1784. December 12th. I have taken the greatest pains to perfect another kind of boat, upon the principles I mentioned to you at Richmond, in November last, and have the pleasure to inform you that I have brought it to a great perfection, and I have quite convinced myself that boats of passage may be made to go against the current of the Mississippi, or Ohio rivers, or in the Gulf Stream, from the leeward to the windward islands, from sixty to one hundred miles per day. I know this will appear strange and improbable to many persons, yet I am very certain that it may be performed. Besides, it is simple, when understood, and is also strictly philosophical. James Rumsey, in letter to George Washington after construction of steamboat model seen in action by the latter in 1784. December 13th. On part of the field the Union dead lay three deep. So fearful was the slaughter that our men at certain points on the line cried out to the advancing Federal forces, Go back! We don't want to kill you all. Still they pressed forward in the face of despair, and they fell in the unshrinking station where they fought. In six months Lee had effaced Pope, checked McClellan, and crushed Burnside. June twenty-fifth to December thirteenth, eighteen sixty-two. Henry E. Shepard. Burnside repulsed at Fredericksburg, eighteen sixty-two. December fourteenth. Washington stands alone and unapproachable, like a snow-peak rising above its fellows into the clear air of morning, with a dignity, constancy, and purity which have made him the ideal type of civic virtue to succeeding generations. James Bryce, England George Washington dies, 1799 December 15th of late I have opened a pawnbroker's shop for my hard-pressed brethren in feathers, lending at a fearful rate of interest, for every borrowing Lazarus will have to pay me back in due time by monthly installments of singing. I shall have mine own again with usury, but were a man never so usurious, would he not lend a winter seed for a summer song? Would he refuse to invest his stale crumbs in an orchestra of divine instruments and a choir of heavenly voices? James Lane Allen December 16th I fill this cup to one made up of loveliness alone, a woman of her gentle sex the seeming paragon, to whom the better elements and kindly stars have given a form so fair that, like the air, tis less of earth than heaven. Edward C. Pinckney A Health December 17th her every tone is music's own, like those of morning birds, and something more than melody dwells ever in her words. The coinage of her heart are they, and from her lips each flows as one may see the burdened bee forth issue from the rose. Edward C. Pinckney A Health December 18th Nay more, in death's despite the crippled skeleton learned to write, Dear mother, at first, of course, and then dear captain, inquiring about the men. Captain's answer? Of eighty and five, Giffen and I are left alive. Francis O. Tickner. Little Giffen. Francis O. Tickner dies, 1874. December 19th. 
Word of gloom from the war one day. Johnston pressed at the front, they say. Little Giffen was up and away. A tear, his first, as he bade good-bye, dimmed the glint of his steel-blue eye. I'll write, if spared. There was news of the fight, but none of Giffen. He did not write. Francis O. Tickner. Crittenden's Compromise, Opposed by Dominant Party in Congress, 1860. Some of the manufacturing states think that a fight would be awful. Without a little bloodletting, this union will not, in my estimation, be worth a rush. Z. Chandler, Senator from Michigan. December 20th. The Convention of 1787 was composed of members, a majority of whom were elected to reject the Federal Constitution. And it was only after the clause declaring that the power granted under the Constitution being derived from the people of the United States, may be resumed by them, whensoever the same shall be perverted to their injury and oppression, and that every power not granted thereby remains with them at their will, was inserted in the ordinance of ratification, that six or more of the majority opposed to the measure consented to vote for it. Even with this accession of strength the Constitution was carried only by a vote of eighty-nine to seventy-nine. From Editorial Article in Charleston Courier, 1861 South Carolina Secedes, 1860 December 21st Resolved, as the powers of legislation granted in the Constitution of the United States to Congress do not embrace a case of the admission of a foreign state or territory by legislation into the Union such an act of admission would have no binding force whatever on the people of Massachusetts. Resolutions of Massachusetts Legislature, 1845. Nullification? President Tyler urges annexation of Texas, 1844. December 22nd. Bowing her head to the dust of the earth, smitten and stricken is she, light after light gone out from her hearth, sun after sun from her knee. Bowing her head to the dust at her feet, weeping her beautiful slain, silence, keep silence, for I in the street, see, they are coming again. Alethea S. Burroughs. Sherman enters Savannah, 1864. Reconstruction Act, put in effect in Georgia, 1869. December 23rd. The glory of your virtues will not terminate with your military command. It will continue to animate remote ages. President of Congress to General Washington Washington resigns his commission as Commander-in-Chief, Annapolis, 1783. December 24th. Christmas Eve. The moon is in a tranquil mood. The silent skies are bland. Only the spirits of the good go musing up the land. The sea is wrapped in mist and rest. It is the night that God hath blessed. Dansk Dandridge December 25th To the cradle bough of a naked tree, benumbed with ice and snow, a Christmas dream brought suddenly a birth of mistletoe. The shepherd stars from their fleecy clouds strode out on the night to see. The herod north wind blustered loud to rend it from the tree. But the old year took it for a sign, and blessed it in his heart. With prophecy of peace divine, let now my soul depart. 
John B. Tabb, Mistletoe. December 26th. Now praise to God that ere his grace was scorned and he reviled, he looked into his mother's face, a little helpless child. And praise to God that ere men strove above his tomb in war, one loved him with a mother's love, nor knew a creed therefore. John Charles McNeil. A Christmas Hymn. December 27th. Hear the sledges with the bells, silver bells. What a world of merriment their melody foretells! How they tinkle, 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 in the icy air of night! While the stars that oversprinkle all the heavens seem to twinkle with a crystalline delight, keeping time, 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 in a sort of runic rhyme, to the tintinnabulation that so musically wells from the bells, 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 from the jingling and the tinkling of the bells. Edgar Allan Poe. December 28th. In the future some historian shall come forth both strong and wise, with a love of the Republic and the truth before his eyes. He will show the subtle causes of the war between the states. He will go back in his studies far beyond our modern dates. He will trace our hostile ideas as the miner does the loads. He will show the different habits born of different social codes. He will show the union riven and the picture will deplore. He will show it reunited and made stronger than before. James Barron Hope December 29th Slow and patient, fair and truthful, must the coming teacher be, to show how the knife was sharpened that was ground to prune the tree. He will hold the scales of justice, he will measure praise and blame, and the South will stand the verdict, and will stand it without shame. James Barron Hope Texas admitted to the Union, 1845. December 30th. I changed my name when I got free to Mr. Like the Rest. But now dat I am going home, I likes de old name best. Sweet voices callin' Uncle Rome seem ringin' in my ears, and swearin' sorta of sociable old master's voice I hears. He's past Heaven's River now, and soon he'll call across its foam. You, Rome, you damn old nigger! Loose your boat and come on home. Howard Whedon December 31st Tis midnight's holy hour, and silence now is brooding like a gentle spirit o'er the still and pulseless world. Hark! On the winds the bell's deep notes are swelling, tis the knell of the departed year. No funeral train is sweeping past, yet on the stream and wood, with melancholy light, the moonbeams rest like a pale spotless shroud. The air is stirred, as by a mourner's sigh, and on yon cloud, that floats so still and placidly through heaven, the spirits of the seasons seem to stand. Young spring, bright summer, autumn's solemn form, and winter, with his aged locks, and breathe in mournful cadences, that come abroad like the far wind-harp's wild and touching wail, a melancholy dirge o'er the dead year gone from the earth forever. George Denison Prentice Battle of Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 1862 End of December And End of the Dixie Book of Days Recording by Bill Borst